Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 87 and it is Tuesday, August 29, 2017. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Yes, we are back. We're talking about Game of Thrones, the season 7 finale entitled The Dragon and the Wolf. That's going to be our main topic at the later on in this uh, program. And we got a jam-packed docket talking about all other all other big happenings that have transpired uh, this past weekend as well as some geek news as of late. A lot of geek news. God damn. Oh yes. And uh, before we get into it, today is August 29th, so happy 59th birthday to the late great king of pop, Michael Jackson. I ain't even got no Michael Jackson shirts I could have worn today. Ah, uh, man, you, sh- you know, you should have worn your Thriller uh, thriller costume, did I you? I don't know, it's too hot for that shit. <laughs> like, it is way too hot. No, nah, you know, today's actually, you know, much cooler than... And, and uh, No, but wearing it in here, and then not to mention, like, it's like pleather. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I kind of... Gained some weight since I last wore that. Really? <laughs> since I was last wore that jacket, so it'll be like tight as shit <laughs> and very uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of, kind of. Puffed. Every time I move, like you, it'll sound like I'm sitting on like my grandmother's furniture with the plastic on it. Oh damn. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can't have that on the show. And the first present person to make his presence felt was the most diabolical hater this side of the Mississippi. What up, Kyle? Hey, what's up, Kyle? The number one uh, player haters ball winner. Yes. Oh, he's had, trust me, he's had that title since high school. Mm-hmm. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to pour some water and buck Nasty's mama's dish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, that line cracks me up, though. But yes, we got uh, got plenty of good things to talk about. Um, uh, like I said, Michael Jackson's birthday today. You know, my favorite Michael Jackson album to, before I get started. You know, people say Thriller, and you know, for very good reason. Um, but my personal favorite, you know, not counting Thriller, it's Dangerous. That's my fucking favorite. You damn. Yo, you always taking my five, though. High five, though. That, that, album is, that album is popping, though. It was dope. It was dope. It is one of my favorite. But, I mean, I love, because I'm a big, huge fan of the new Jack Swing era. But honestly, mm. like, my favorite song on the album was actually the rock song, Give In To Me. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, my favorite song on that is actually Who Is It? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially the video. You know, the video was actually directed by David Fincher, who, who also directed uh, Fight Club, uh, Seven, Benjamin Button, Gone Girl. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Uh, the Social Network. Uh, his, his. I thought Scorsese did The Social Network. Nah, no, nah, that was David Fincher. Oh, damn. Yeah. He also. <laughs> We're going to get into that, Grande. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And of course, we will get into that very shortly. But. With all that further ado, uh, Carl, what have you been into, man? Well, uh, quite a few things, actually. I'm still playing like a shit ton of Sonic Mania, which I urge everybody to go get. Okay. Dude, it's only 20 bucks. Uh, And it's like a mixture of all the old school Sonics in one. mm -hmm. So it's like you're playing, you know, you're playing the, you know, the first level. And then all of a sudden... More first level is a little familiar, but the second level, you're playing it, and the next thing you know, like there's like a huge there's like a huge twist. So you're thinking you're just playing a reboot, and I'm like, wait, this wasn't there in the first game. Oh shit! And you're just completely thrown off. So that's one thing I love to play. That's one thing I love about the game. Kyle, it's on PlayStation, Switch, and uh, three and uh, Xbox. Mm-hmm. So there's no excuse. Go get it's digital. Um, it's actually digital only. 
for PlayStation and Xbox, that's why it's only twenty bucks. But then for the Switch, it's um it's actually seventy bucks, but it comes in this big like collector's package with some type of statue and a whole bunch of other mess. But um hmm. yeah, twenty bucks, it's definitely, 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 definitely worth it. Okay. Get it. I mean, well, you know how I feel about the Sonic games. Though. Yeah, you're a villain when it comes to that. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it, it, the the games the game plays exactly like the other classic Sonic games, right? Yeah. Eh, see, that's yeah, the thing. But it's fun. All right. Well, I mean, I'm not I'm not hating on your endeavors. I mean, some people like Sonic. I mean, although Mario is this all will always be the superior platformer, but okay. I mean, uh, okay, I can't disagree with that. Yeah. But it's still fun. It's still fun regardless. Like the fun factor of the game is like through the roof. Okay. All right. Cool. So, I've been playing that. Um, I co- oh yeah, and I also finally got a chance to play um, the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Mm, okay. So it's basically a reboot of the first three um, Crash Bandicoot games, but the yeah. graphics are so much cleaner. The gameplay is a bit looser and faster because you know if you would try to play it on an actual PlayStation One, mm-hmm. it'll be slow as fuck. And- yeah. But um yeah, it's much more it's just a much more smoother looking game, it's much more smoother playing game. Mm-hmm. Um the fun factor is still through throughout the roof through the roof. I can't talk the shit. But um yeah, I definitely urge everyone to get that game as well. That game's only like thirty bucks. Wow. And I heard that the insane trilogy is actually hard as hell. From some people, from what I, from some levels, yeah. Like I did die a couple of times and stuff, because you know, you gotta get you gotta get the gist, you know get back into it again because we yeah. haven't played Crash Bandicoot in what? Other than Uncharted 4, we haven't played it in shit. Like 20 years. <laughs> Has it been that long? Yeah, because I know the first game came out in 96. That, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right then, yeah. Man, where does the time go? Yeah. Okay. World. Mm. World. So yeah, definitely get that one. Um, I checked out Marlon Wayne's new sitcom Marlon. No, Jesus. Hilarious. Hilarious. Is it, though? Yes. Yes. Honestly, I've been working with uh, one of my residents. Uh, yes, we are, Kyle. We are old. Um, we come a long way from quizzing each other on South Park and the systems on the bu- and the bus. But I <laughs> <laughs> uh, hope high days. But, um, yeah, it, it basically starts Marlon Wayne's. He plays... Kind of like a loose, a loose version of himself, where Esses Atkins plays his ex-wife. He's divorced, but yet he's still in. They're still in each other's lives, yeah. and um, you know, they're still raising each other's um, they're still raising each other's kids and all that, mm-hmm. and just a whole bunch of like shenanigans that just happen. Uh, mostly dealing with like with fatherhood, his mm-hmm. daughter's first crush, um, relationship issues and all that, and it's it's hilarious. Like I actually um, I watch it with uh, one of my residents. And I'm like, hey, we watching Marlon tonight. You call me up at eight. Call me at eight thirty right after meds, and then we'll be here watching it. Hmm. And we do, and we laugh hysterically. All right. Um. So it's a sitcom. Like I actually even played a clip for you, and you thought it was funny. You did? Yes, I did. When the one where was when he was talking about how um black people like create their names. I don't. I don't. It was I don't like a couple that. of weeks ago before the show started. I, I don't I don't remember that right, actually. I'll play some clips after the show. I'll play some clips for you, and then I guarantee you get a laugh. All right. Or else you're already just shut down because you have a personal hatred for Marlon Wayans. And then um, and not to mention, hold up, Marlon Wayans is back to doing what you probably felt he do- he does best, doing sitcoms. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, the Wayans Brothers is an instant is a classic. 
It is. I like right. the Wayans brothers. You, this is this has this has potential. This has a lot of potential. Okay. And what network is it on? Uh, NBC. NBC. Okay. Or is it ABC? It's NBC. The same okay. the same channel as Sunday Night Football. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't know. Who cares? But um. Shit. But uh. But yeah. I mean. I mean. I'm glad. It's good that as long as Marlon Wayans isn't doing more of those horrible spoof movies like Fifty Shades of Black and you know the. I probably would have had that hilarious. I haven't still haven't watched it yet. I've seen it. Don't. Just don't. You didn't like scary movies one and two. Fuck well, the other ones. Well, a scary. The other movie, ones don't count. Well, of course not. I I did like scary movies. Scary movie one and two. You know. Marlon Wayans was in it. Well, yeah, He's but. Had a- he was a, he had a helping hand in it. Well, yeah, but the thing Did is, Did you like white chicks? Fucks no. White chicks was pretty funny. Ew, gross. I, I can still like I still catch it on TV. If they give it on TV, I still watch it and I have my good laughs. I actually went mm-hmm. to the movies to see that. Oh, you actually went to the theater to see white I chicks? Did. I did. A whole bunch of us. We just went. It was like we're gonna go see white chicks. We went. And we had a we had a blast. Y'all's wasted your money. I mean, we didn't because we had a night. We had a nice, lovely evening. Well, I mean, well, I mean, you are a fan of bad movies, but I will say that you are a fan of movies that nobody gives a shit about. Oh, f you, man! Come on, man! Listen, listen. The movies that I watch have have cultural value, okay? Yeah, cultural value. Yeah. ass <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, well, I I did I did like scary movies one and two. Um, if I watch them right now, if I watch them today, I probably would I probably like them less, but because I'm older, definitely yeah, definitely less. But you yeah. go back if you actually just go back to say back to like that mind frame. Yeah, when you was like, let me see, like that came out when we were in high school. So if you go yeah. back to your high school mind frame, you're like. Uh, let me just relax, get away from reality, go back to high school and all that. You'll still laugh your ass off. Oh, okay, I suppose. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm just glad that Marlon Wayans is getting, like I said, he's getting away from spoof movies. As long as if if Marlon's a legitimately funny sitcom, then that's cool. Yeah, um, and S's acting still looks good. Oh, of course. Since I remember her since the days of Smart Guy. Oh yeah, I had a crush on her then. Oh yeah, of course. And then when she did the Freak League video. Freak League. You don't remember that song Freakily by oh. Petey Pablo? Oh, that's what the way where, where he names all the other where he names yep. all the chicks. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, oh, wow. she was in that video. Hmm. How about that? Wow. So yeah. So next, um, I checked out only one episode of the um, May Young Classic. Mm-hmm. I like what I saw. I didn't see. But I want. I was very interested in seeing Body Bell, but she. I guess she's on the next episode, so I got to catch that. Yeah. But I like what I saw. Yeah. I did. Yeah, you know, I like I like, I watched all four episodes of the first round of the May Young Classic too. I thought it was quite entertaining. Um, I thought you know these these women have enormous talent. Yeah. Um, uh, several of them have tons of potential. Like I would I would love to see more of, for example, um, uh, Jazzy Gabbert, who's like who's a the buff German who Yo, has the she was she's scary. Yeah, she has that Brigitte Nielsen like, thing I, down. I honestly looked at her as a white Grace Jones. Yeah. And Grace Jones terrifies the shit out of me. Yeah, that's a good. She's one of one of like two women that scared that literally scared me. Yeah, <laughs> Grace Jones and Marsha Warfield. Oh my God, Marsha Warfield! <laughs> it's taking me back to 1989. Night Court. <laughs> yep. Oh, I, I remember Keenan Ivory Wayne's uh, parody of her in, in Living Color. Yeah, <laughs> she was hilarious. But yeah, Jesse Gabber, she has that Brigitte Nielsen thing down pat from Rocky yeah, Four. Oh yeah. Yeah, and she's got funny. I was on like the other day. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, like she's got tons of potential. I'll have to see more of her in the future. Um, uh, also, uh, Princessa Suhei, uh, the the luchador. She was good. Oh yeah, she was good. 
Yep. I, I was going. I was actually gunning for it when I watched that for when I watched that match. Yeah, and, and I also enjoyed seeing Serena D back. You know. You've, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she has a nice little story. Yeah, that makes you want. That makes you wanna, you know, root for her. You know, it's basically the, uh, a story of redemption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had no idea she had. She lost a lot of weight though. Yeah, she did. She's definitely. I mean, she was like thick when she when she was with CM Punk. Yeah, the Straight Edge Society. Yeah, I had no idea she was battling alcoholism though. Wow. So you just never know what, what folks is going through. Yeah. And then, uh, other than we had our fantasy football draft this past weekend. Oh, and cool. then right after that, right after that, we um, we all pitched in and watched the McGregor and Mayweather fight. <laughs> <laughs> so now, did you watch it on pay per view? We did. Okay. Because we were trying to stream it like everybody else. I did. <laughs> and like, listen, like three million people streamed it. Yes. Illegally. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Mr. I'm against piracy and all that. You mean to tell me that you bootlegged the fight? Listen, it, number one, it's you a did? it's a live event. And you two, I it. wasn't the one who bootlegged it. No. But you still watched it. I still watched That's it. What the, you're part of the problem, as what you always say. Listen, here's you're the thing. You're part of the problem. <laughs> we <laughs> actually fucking pay for the motherfucker. All right, listen. Here's the, here's the thing. Like When I was, I, I heard, you know, I saw a bunch of people, like, uh, I was on Twitter, you know, trying to get updates on the Mayweather-McGregor fight. They shut that, that, they shut it down on, like, Periscope. Yeah, Periscope, like, they had mad people trying to stream it on Periscope via Twitter. Right. And that's how I saw, like, the first few minutes of the fight. And because um, I was checking Twitter to see the updates to see if the fight even went down. Mind you, it was 11... It was 10, 10 p.m. The fight hadn't even started yet. So I checked again an hour later. Fight didn't start yet. So I checked that at midnight, and that's when the streams came on. Yeah. So I went on Twitter, on my Twitter feed. I was watching the first few minutes of the first uh, couple rounds, and then the the, 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 the Periscope uh, stream shut down suddenly. So I was like, oh, shit, okay, where, where can I find another, another stream? Instagram Live. Yep. So I saw a tweet that said, okay, mad people are flocking to Instagram Live. So I went on Instagram Live, and I, and I, and I clicked on the first Instagram feed that was streaming the fight and believe it or not of all people on instagram live i got on uh miami rappers trina's instagram (laughs) she was the one who was so trina the baddest bitch she was streaming the fight up uh from some club that she was watching the fight from so she had her phone and she was like you know filming the 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 fight from uh, off the tv screen everybody in service (laughs) she she really did i think she had like i guess i'm guessing like three million followers like watching the fight on her feed and that's how i watched the whole fight and um and the, the fight itself man you know what i actually enjoyed it it was a legit contest i thought it was gonna end much quicker but McGregor went the distance for ten rounds. It's usually twelve. Yeah, I know it was. It was. T- I mean, I thought he was gonna go the full twelve, but he got gassed though. He did. I knew that was gonna happen. Mayweather's a defensive fighter. Yeah, he like, he's gonna dodge all of them hits. And I'm like, watch. He's gonna try to do say he, and you can tell like he was really trying to do some like MMA shit, and he just couldn't. Yeah, like it was a legit boxing match. Yeah, like he just couldn't. Yeah, like for example, like he he kept trying to like hit hit him in the back with those hammer punches. Yeah, you couldn't. Yeah, couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah, it was like his UFC training kicking in. Is like he was just fighting on instinct, and then like towards the uh, end of the bout, like he was just he gassed. Was got gassed, and Mayweather said, "All right, my turn." And that was it. Yep, like he just like like McGregor just kept punching. He just punched himself out, and then. You know, that's when Mayweather came in, and then he was all he was ready to knock him out, but then the referee came in and stopped the stopped the match. 
you know. And so Mayweather, he's retired with a perfect fifty and zero record, man. He, yeah, looked like one of my relatives from down south. Really? Yeah. Could it be your actual relative? You know what? <laughs> I'm be honest with you. My family's so big. Maybe. I <laughs> think <laughs> for real, like I, I, I stay meeting cousins. I remember one time I went to a freaking um, I went to a family reunion, but mm-hmm. I went to the mall the day before, and there was this, this customer there, and he was in front of me just taking forever, and I'm like, yo, this dude needs to hurry up. Mm-hmm. Hours later, I get to the family reunion. There he is. Wow. And this is in Baltimore, where I pretty much don't know anybody. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Small world after all, as they say. Yeah. Two best friends just took everyone for a half a billion dollars. True. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, name it up. Our guest from last night, from last weekend, last week. Oh my god. Adrian Price. Was good, Adrian. Hey. Admin A. Hey, welcome, welcome back to the show on the chat. And uh, you know, I I mean I will say that so I think that McGregor made a hundred million from the fight and uh, Mayweather made three hundred million. I, I believe so, uh, but either way, they cleaned up. I mean, and I will, I will say that. Hey, I would, I would, pay, I would gladly be paid a hundred million to get knocked the fuck out by Mayweather. Just saying. Sure, why not? Yeah. In um, Congo Survivor Series, take the night off of work, book it. You're coming on the show. All right, you heard it here first, Congo <laughs> Survivor Series in November. I and um. Yeah, and Adrian said McGregor can only make a hundred mil. Mayweather got three hundred mil. Yeah, you know Floyd. Floyd might. And shout outs to Laura Jones watching. Um, mm. I can't say F your team because my dad's a Ravens fan. So, well, okay. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know Floyd Money Mayweather shows that you know you don't have to learn how to read to be successful. Oh damn. <laughs> Um, hey, hey! Don't take my word for it. If it, I mean, allegedly he can't read. I, I um, remember. I remember the. Um, I remember when Charlemagne gave him Donkey of the Day for that. Yeah, and Fifty Cent gave him a challenge to read one chapter, or was it one page from a Harry Potter book? <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know what? Hey, that, They're hey, cool now, though. So. Okay, yeah, and you know, even though Mayweather is kind of a scumbag for you know for being a wife beater, but hey, you know what? I skip Bayless. Yeah. yeah. Do you know who Skip Bayless is? Is he a sports guy? Yes, he's the host of um, Skipper Shannon um, Undisputed, which mm-hmm. is on FS1, and he used to be the host of ESPN's First Take, which is a debate show, and he literally just hates Floyd Mayweather because of that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, those like guys... he pers- it's like he personally hates him. Wow. Well, I mean, you can't really blame him because you know the the accusations are damning. I mean, yeah. the details of the case. So, yeah. Victor's not a sports guy. For those who just joined us, Victor hates sports. I mean, I don't. He hates sports. I don't. I don't hate. You. Th- you've told me you have aired your grievances about sports many times before on this show and off the air. I what I what I hate most of all is the is a cultural stranglehold that professional sports has on American culture. Competition. Yeah, but it, it just brings up. It's literally worse everywhere else, though. It just brings up the worst in people. Go like politics. Well, yeah, but politics is a different story. It still brings out the worst in people. Well, yeah. But the, 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 well, the difference between sports and politics is that politics actually affects every aspect of our lives. Sports does not. Wait, what was that? Hi, Mike Medina says, Victor is cool with me because he hates the Cowboys too. Victor don't hate the Cowboys. You don't hate the Cowboys. Well, I mean, 
I don't. I mean, here's the thing. I don't hate the Cowboys. I'm indifferent towards them. I do despise the Patriots, though. They are a trash team, and their fan base is obnoxious as fuck. Okay, I agree with you there. But yeah, he also. Yeah. And yeah, you just hit, we already went through that. Yeah. <laughs> football is life. That's right, Laura. So um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've been up to. Um, okay. Your turn. What you up to? Uh, well, as for me, what have I, what I, what have I been up to? Well, um, we wanted, we did touch on one. I wanted to touch on one thing that uh, Grande brought up earlier on the chat. The uh, the worked shoot promo between John Cena and Roman Reigns on Monday Night Raw last night. Uh, yeah. shots. Many shots, shots were, fired. were fired. Um, although I did find it to be a, a rather strange promo because it was really coming from Cena, who's like the the top guy, the elite of the elite in the WWE. Right, and some right. of the claims coming from him were rather strange. But I he he straight up made Reigns look like a chump on the microphone. Oh, it was great. Yeah, like for example, uh, like Cena called Roman Reigns a cheap-ass, corporately created John Cena bootleg. Yeah. By the way, um, Eddie just uh, flipped you to bird because he's a Pats fan. <laughs> and now Adrian says Roman was way more accurate. Go ahead, finish on that. Well, to, to that, uh, Roman, uh, he he did say he 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 did get in some digs by calling John Cena a phony, uh, a fake ass bitch, a part timing fake ass bitch. I feel like when he threw in the doing, you know, calling him a bitch, it seemed like he was trying too hard. It did because like there was a moment where Roman lost his train of thought. Like you could tell that he was trying to remember his lines, and then Cena called him out on it and just straight up murdered him by saying that you know. If you're going to be good at this, you have to learn how to do promos. Yeah, that was great. Oof. That was great. Oh man, it's like it's like like right then and there, like right then and there I walked into work. Mm-hmm. And that's when I had it on and I'm just like, "Wait, what the hell is going on?" And I'm hearing shit and I'm like, "Ooh, hold on." Mm. Like I literally just sat down and just like my cousin, my client was trying to tell me something I'm like, "Shh, wait." Mm-hmm. And I literally just sit there watching this. <laughs> Yeah, and then like, but then uh, Cena went on to make this really weird claim, which I totally disagreed with. When he said that, um, you know, he, he where Roman called him out for burying younger t- younger talent, you know, to keep himself at the, at the top of the card, which to a certain degree is true. I mean, when you look at Bray Wyatt, uh, Zack Ryder, um, Rusev, who should be bona-, bona fide main eventers, but you know, are still struggling in the undercard or the mid card at best. Yeah. Um, uh, Cena said that oh well you know it's not up basically he said that you know the fans hold the keys it's always up to them you know and that's always been the case to which I call bull because that's obviously not tr- not true that was true in the Attitude Era when there was direct competition uh, with from the WWE, WWF against the WCW mm-hmm. but nowadays you know the fans don't hold the cards at all Vince McMahon's gonna push whoever he wants you know and, and, and if the fans truly held the cards as Cena claims then Cesaro would have been a former world champion by now you know Bray Wyatt would have won the title years ago I mean, so really, Cena can't really make that claim with a straight face. And uh, valid point. And but but I also but I also uh, uh, chuckled at the fact that Cena told uh, uh, Roman Reigns that you know when he was when he was a U.S. champion, he actually made that you know as a beacon to bring in to introduce you know new talent to the main roster like Kevin Owens and AJ Styles, which he, he did. Yep, he elevated the credibility of the U.S. Championship, whereas Roman Reigns just saw it as a demotion. Which is true. Yep. And uh, Mike and um, Congo says not true at all. He can make them want it. Make, mm. like make like as in like Vince make the fans want whoever whoever he wants to push. Yeah, it's happened before. Like look at Jinder. 
Adrian made a valid point. Like, he really pushed him as a heel when he's actually doing a pretty good job as a heel. Like, we hate the shit out of Jinder Mahal. Well, true, but we hate, we don't hate Jinder. Generally, the fans don't hate Jinder Mahal because he's an effective heel. We hate him because he's an undeserving talent. He's an undeserving talent who diminishes the credibility of the top title in the company the longer he holds it, just like JBL did. But. I like JBL. I, I just I think JBL is hilarious to me. He's just funny to me. But like um I don't know, but like he's but they're building him as a heel and he's doing it. He's doing it and it's making us hate him even more, even more, even more. It's kinda like the Joffrey effect. Well, yeah. I mean Joff- and more, as more time goes on, we we're damn near we're damn near ready to send him death threats. <laughs> As people did to poor Jack Gleason. Mm. Oh he yeah, was, that's, yeah. He was he really received death threats. Oh yeah, I read about that. That's yeah. f- that's, f- that's fucking awesome. And yeah. kudos to him. Yeah, for nailing a uh, act like nailing a role like that to where people physically want to kill you. Mm. I mean, yeah. I mean, he did kudos. a good. Yeah, he did a great job. I mean, but you know, and and the Cena, the the line that Cena really. That nailed the that put the nail in the coffin was where Cena said that the only reason why I'm back here is because you can't do your job, and then he tells Roman Reigns, "I can do this part time better than you can you ever do, do it full time." Oof, which was a sick burn, had some truth to it, but you know, you know, I, I will say that you know Cena did drop some drop some truth bombs and did expose Roman Reigns. Big shit, not yeah, big. Congo is big city. If you ever hear me say big city, I'm talking about Congo. But um, he wants to know how is gender undeserving. Gender is undeserving, uh, Congo, because 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 as I said in, in last week's show, it's like gender Mahal has been a straight up jobber up until uh, April of this year. Like he's been part of 3MB, which is a job squad. Job squads, you know, two K. Drew McIntyre is on the come up now. Yeah, Drew McIntyre is on the come up now, and and Heath Slater, he's on the come up with the tag tag division. But gender Mahal, he's been a straight up jobber up until this past April. So you mean to tell me that he's been booked to be a scrub? Coming out to like zero crowd reaction to crickets, dead silence, and then when as soon as he moves to SmackDown, all of a sudden he's elevated instantly to the main event to the main event slot, and all of a sudden he's instantly he instantly becomes WWE champion. Like 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 we're supposed to forget that he's been a jobber up until that point where he beats Randy Orton. Come on, just because you become the WWE champion does not instantly make you a credible champion. Does not instantly make you a credible main eventer. It does not. It doesn't work that way. So that's why I think gender is rather undeserving and rather, you know, doesn't have any credibility to be where See he you is. Later, yeah. So that that's that's how I feel, you know. I mean, it, it's one thing if it if it was like Bray Wyatt, you know, who was pushed push that push at that spot, or if it's like somebody or some other heel like Kevin Owens or even Rusev, who deserves that spot way more than gender does. But gender comes out of nowhere from from being a jobber to being a main eventer from zero to sixty. I, I can't buy that, man. It's, it's like Vincent Mann is basically telling me that gender is a main eventer instead of me believing it as a fan. And I have to agree with um, Eddie. Gender was a tool to get people in India to buy the network. And th- and that's another thing too. I, I, I thank you, Eddie, for bringing that point up. He, it's a cynical ploy to to you know to court the Indian market further, like they did with the Great Kali. Yeah. And and the Great Kali is absolute trash, mind you. He's like the giant Gonzalez of this century. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I actually remember meeting Davari and just asking him, like, yo, how was it? Does he really speak that bad English? He's like, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it is horrible. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, and uh, also, uh, one more thing about the promo between Reigns and Cena. I did, I did really enjoy the Undertaker shade that they both threw. I, I I enjoyed it very much. Of course you did, you dick. You know where you know where Cena says, you know, I'm not a battered veteran who's at the end of his career with a bad hip. <laughs> I chuckled that. That's bad. disrespect. I that mean, was disrespect. I mean, you know when no. you when you think about it, it's like it's like you know when you when you see Undertaker in the last what three years of his career, it's like oh my god, mom, get the get the nurse. Grandpa wandered into the ring. He doesn't know where he is. He stole the show with Shane. It's like, get his blanket. Did he or did he not steal the show with Shane? Well, it was mostly Shane, you know, because of the, the jump he, off the cage. But That was it. But other than that, Undertaker still carried that match. He still did his thing. Yeah, he did. He did. Okay. He had a nice, clean match with Bray Wyatt at 31. Yeah. You know, it was like a palate cleanser from, you know, Lesnar the previous year. But, you know. Was, but still. Look, hey. stop, discrediting, stop discrediting my boy. <laughs> you know, okay, you know. I mean, you know, he's 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 resting. I don't pump. talk bad about your criteria films. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's all it's all jokes, you know. You know, I, I crack on the Undertaker, but it, it's it's all like, he's 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 a legend, one of the greatest legends of all time, legitimately. You know, I'd rather see broken down Undertaker as a champion today than Jinder Mahal. I can <laughs> tell you that. You know, but but yeah, but you know, besides that, um, uh, I also I also got into. Um, uh, a movie that came out this past weekend. I want to touch on real quick, uh, starring Robert Pattinson. It's called Good Time, and no, it's it's not a reboot of the classic '70s sitcom. How'd you know I was thinking about the theme song? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, but Good Time. It's it's a really cool uh, crime drama. It's kind of like a gritty farce, and it stars Robert Pattinson. He plays this guy named uh, Constantine or Connie. That's the Twilight guy, right? Yeah, yeah. He played uh, 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 Edward Cullen on Twilight, but he's 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 done. He's but Robert Pattinson's a, a disappointing fan. on you that you knew the character's name. Well, yeah, of course, but I mean, he because it's, it's so entrenched in popular culture. Twilight, or was. I don't know, not one person's name. In that movie, yeah, well, whatever. All I really know about was the the song that Bruno Mars did for the movie. He did a song. Yeah, it's called "It Will Rain." Mm, I never heard it. I'm a DJ. I gotta listen to stuff I hate. <laughs> of course, but uh, but yeah, "Good Time" is a great movie. Um, Robert Pattinson he plays this guy named Constantine Nikas, who's like this low life scumbag, basically a a dipshit, and um, he and he has this mentally uh handicapped uh. A brother who he who he takes with him to rob a bank in New York, and so uh, as soon as they rob a bank, um, they they later on they get uh, found out by the cops. They get chased down, and his brother actually gets arrested, and so um, his brother is actually placed in a, in, a, in in jail in Rikers, and so it's up to uh, Const, Constantine to to drum up ten thousand dollars to bail him out of out of jail. Who plays his brother? Uh, one of the directors of the film, Ben Safdie. Okay. Um, and and he does a and, and Ben Safdie, even though even though he's one of the co-directors of the film with his brother uh, uh, Josh Safdie, uh, Ben Safdie was a was really good in this movie too, like because he plays a, like a totally mentally handicapped person who's very slow. He like very like emotionally inert, just like talks really slowly. And like when you see uh, Ben Safdie in real life, he's nothing like the character he portrays. It's like a complete one eighty. It's like damn, like that's an excellent transformation. But like you see the film and like the whole film takes place over the course of like one night mm -hmm. and Robert Pattinson you see him like as, as a total dipshit idiot con man who tries his best damn to say like to raise money to, to get his 
brother out of prison. So he goes, so he's, he's like traveling through New York. He encounters these other idiotic people along along his uh, one man journey, and like he gets into these like weird shenanigans and and bizarre situations, and it, it's 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 so fascinating because Robert Pattinson like he's a really good actor and like. And and this role, man, is one of his best roles. Where he's, you can see the desperation on his face, and like all the stuff that he goes through is so bizarre and so ridiculous that you can't help but laugh. What I'm gonna say, yep. <laughs> Firm is watching. He okay. says yep. So cool. I had to, I had to respond with a yep. Yeah, and like then the whole film, it's a farce because it's like you see a bunch of dumb people making stupid decisions, and it and it keeps piling on one after another, and um. And it's 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 just so it's just so funny to watch. And also, what's also cool about the film is that is the soundtrack, the score of the film. It kind of has this like electronic synthesizer sound, which kind of reminds me of the score from Grand Theft Auto Five. That that same uh, that same synthesizer uh, beats from um, Tangerine Dream. Oh, okay. It kind of reminded me of GTA Five a lot. And um, the soundtrack was was really dope in this. It was by a uh, One O Tricks Point Never, who is the the composer of the film. And uh, it, tricks point never. yeah, it sounds like a radio station. It sounds like one hundred six point seven. It does, but yeah, man, good time. I had a great time watching it. It's an it's an excellent film. It's in theaters now. Um, it's definitely one of Robert Pattinson's best performances. I've not seen that one commercial or trailer for it. Yeah, it, it's definitely a, a low key release. Um, it, it's op- it has a wide release, even though it's kind of on the low key, you know, in terms of advertising. But if you if you're in the mood to watch a really good film this weekend or this week, definitely check out Good Time. Famous says, talk to me about John Sands slipping that bust. <laughs> Trust me, we're gonna get to that. We'll get to that we'll later. We'll get on. to that. Yeah, and uh, and besides good time, um, I also wanted to touch on Death Note, uh, both the anime and the uh, live action movie by Netflix. Yeah, I heard um, that was bad. Now, yeah, I will say that I did finish all 30, 37 episodes of the Death Note anime, which is fire. It's a fantastic series, um, and that's the and that's the perfect example of marathon television or binge-worthy television because each episode is 20 minutes long and it just and and all the developments just move at a clip where you just want to watch the next one and the next one and because and and the and the and the 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 plotting from episode to episode Mm -hmm. in the series is like really tight and and all the rules of the death note how it works there's a lot of there's a lot of rules but it's very easy to follow it's very comprehensive and the and the and the character of light yagami Who's who's like this genius turned like evil guy with a messiah complex? He's a pretty fascinating character too, and the whole universe of the anime. Now, would you have to watch like the anime or read the graphic novels to watch the movie or understand it better? No, not at all. Okay. But once you watch the anime, you will see just how trash the live action movie is. As a matter of fact, even if you don't watch the Death Note anime and just watch the uh, movie, the movie's still pretty bad. Like I. I heard that. Shout out to my friend Mallory. She um she actually posted she I she posted that she enjoyed watching the um she enjoyed reading the graphic novels, mm-hmm. but she hated the movie. Yeah, and the the movie's so bad because like for a lot of reasons. One, it's like the 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 Death Note movie is to the anime as the last Airbender movie is to Avatar. The they can series. never really just get anime movies right. They really can't. It's like Dragon. Like, there's a don't you dare. It's, it's don't you dare it's, mention. Don't it's you like dare Dragon, mention it. It's like Shut Dragon up. Ball Evolution. Shut up, you fucking 
it's like Dragon Ball Evolution in terms of quality. Like the first of all, the main character, uh, Light Turner in the in the Death Note movie, is, is a blithering idiot and a dumbass totally unlikable like his face is stupid and i hate him in fact the actor who plays him nat wolf he he just looks like such a fucking millennial douchebag just a punchable face and just so stupid he's like he's like a fucking dumbass who 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 gets his hands on the death note he's not he's not smart he's not clever he he's just a fucking emo Uh, douchebag my mother's watching so, and and anyway, hi <laughs> <laughs> and, and and anyway, like and also um, the 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 characterizations of L played by Lakeith Stanfield, who actually you know Lakeith Stanfield is actually from Atlanta, right? From Atlanta and Get Out, he's actually one of two genuinely good elements of the film. The other good element is Willem Dafoe, who provides the voice of um, of Ryuk, the Shimigami, the 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 death spirit that follows. Uh, so basically, like, the movie was whitewashed. The movie was whitewashed because they actually managed to bring in uh, uh, L's lieutenant or his uh, his uh, his assistant Watari, who's still Japanese, and yet the the whole movie takes place in Seattle, Washington. <laughs> And they even have a scene that, that cuts to Japan with a bunch of dead Japanese and Asian people in a nightclub. So you mean to tell me that they found dead Asians as extras, but they can't find Asian actors to play the Asian characters from the original film. And mind you, if I mean if the movie was still set in Japan, it wouldn't matter if the film was still this bad. Like the writing was bad, the pacing was terrible. That, the that char- actually, yeah, that actually I didn't mean to cut you off. That actually reminds me of um I actually listened to our friends the party nerds. It was- Last week, two weeks ago, they had a um, special anime episode, and it actually one thing that I learned was um, they were saying that Japanese were the Japanese are very like influential. Uh, they're like I was not influential, but like they were like obsessed with you know white culture mm. where they make their characters do look white, mm. even though they are Japanese. So it's like <clears throat> so it's like okay, you can understand why like Hollywood wants to whitewash these movies mm-hmm. but it's like they still come out trash and my mom said it's too late she heard us cussing up a storm oh, okay that's she cool she still loves us though <laughs> and um oh <laughs> like John Freeman says like John Wayne playing Genghis Khan yeah <laughs> but there is one thing that they will do right something that Freeman said is not bad at all what's that Dragon Ball Fighters <sighs> is, it, is that the video game that's supposed to come out next year yes it is yeah who cares but anyway I do uh, like I said, I do not recommend the Death Note live action movie. Like, if you haven't seen the movie, don't waste your time on it. I recommend watching the Death Note anime, which is available on Netflix, all thirty-seven episodes. That's worth your time. Funny because I was like, before before today, I was before coming in today, like I was on Netflix and you know it was staring at me in the face, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I have some time to kill. Do I re- should I really really watch this? Mm-hmm. Nah, I just didn't. <laughs> yeah, the the movie's not not worth your time at all. Like like I said, the ca- poor characterizations, uh, just like just rushed writing and rushed pacing because like they're, they're cramming the whole series into like an hour and forty minutes, so it comes off very, very haphazard. I do. Should, should I should I should just add this to my bad movie day that I one day will have. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, for you, like, what's not bad movie day? But yeah, you should. A bad add movie it. day. I already told you what's going to consist of bad movie day so far, okay. which is the original, the, not the original, the prequel tri- Star Wars trilogies, mm-hmm. the Fantastic Four, the most recent one, 
Yeah. Yeah. And now this one. Yeah. Yeah. That is five movies of horribleness. Just complete trash. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's my take on Death Note the anime and the movie. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else? Well, that's pretty much it. Um, we got some uh, news and headlines to get into before our main topic. So uh, let's run them down here. Uh, the biggest headline. Uh, <laughs> what's what's so funny now? Another Furman gem. It was. It was. It's a good one. What he said. He said, "Victor, Dirty Mike and the Boys, Halloween 2017, <laughs> Soup Kitchen." <laughs> I can't really hear that word anymore. The same. I know. <laughs> I gotta watch that other movie. That other guys. I, I want to watch it again because that movie's so fun. That movie's so funny. You're gonna make me want. I probably will end up doing that tonight. Mm-hmm. Dirty. All right, but go- <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so we got some news and headlines. Our uh, biggest headline this week is that uh, DC uh, Warner Brothers they are actually planning to make a Joker standalone origin film. I don't like it. Um, well, it says uh, Todd Phillips and Scott Silver. Uh, Todd Phillips, who's a director of The Hangover, and Scott Silver, who I believe wrote or directed Eight Mile, they'll both be writing the screenplay, and Phillips will also be directing this Joker movie. And Martin Scorsese will be producing the movie alongside Phillips, which is an interesting choice because Martin Scorsese, one of the greatest directors of all time, uh, the Joker origin film will will not be a part of the DCEU. And Warner Brothers is planning to cast a new actor in the role, and it will also take place in the 1980s. Uh, Jared Leto, however, will still reprise his role as the Joker in Suicide Squad 2 and the Joker in Harley Quinn film. Okay, here's my small little take on that. Okay, if they're gonna, if they're actually going to do this, there's only one person I want to see play the Joker. Who's that? Willem Dafoe. Mm. Hey, Willem Dafoe will knock it out of, out of the park, no question. Correct. But here's my thing with, about the Joker is, there's no official backstory to him. That's right. Yeah. He's just mysterious. So the already fucked up DCEU is gonna fuck that up for him. Well, well, I'm good. Well, the thing is, like, this is this isn't gonna be a part of the DCEU. Like, it's They're gonna still be a, mess it up. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, one, I I do like the concept of you know of a of standalone movies that are not part of an overarching universe because because I, I did mention that before on the show where I, I I would like to see more of that. Like, for example, Logan. Uh, Logan is not really part. It's not an actual part of the X Men universe. It's its own separate thing. I don't know thing. what the X Men universe is. Honestly, true. That's such a confusing timeline. Yeah, basically all the X Men movies besides uh, Deadpool and Logan. Uh, those are Deadpool and Logan are the only two that are not part of the X Men universe. They actually kind of are. In this, well, because well, James Mangold, who directed Logan, he confirmed that Logan is actually a stand a separate standalone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do like the concept of, of separate standalone movies that aren't part of, a, of an overarching universe because that gives filmmakers the opportunity to explore the characters in a way that a universe really can't because it's so restricted. Okay, I, so, I understand that, but it's yeah. like, oh, I just don't like it. Like, I love the fact that there's no official backstory to to the Joker. Like, he's just he's just a Joker. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know they did it in the... Um, like... The, Joker's backstory doesn't have an explanation just like Victor's. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I know. I just popped out of nowhere. 
Um, I don't lost where I was going. Well, Go but I I do agree with you because Damn it, Furman. because one of the the great reasons why Joker works as a villain is because as you say we don't know anything about him. Like yeah, it, they did they did try it with um of the killing joke and the killing joke, but mm. it's like it still wasn't official. Right, like there's no official backstory with this with a movie. Mm-hmm. Seeing that nowadays, like people are watching the movies more than reading the comics, mm-hmm. they're gonna think, "Oh, this is it." Yeah, and this is gonna be it's gonna stand as the official backstory. That's true. When us comic readers, are like, no, there's no official backstory. Yeah, that that is true. Like, unless DC makes it clear that okay, this is just a one-off. This is just a origin story. The only know. person who can who can give that um. Declaration and say that this is the official backstory mm. is Bob Kane. Yeah, but he's, and the other guy who oh Bill Finger, Bill Finger, yeah, yeah. But, but unfortunately, they're no longer they're no longer with us. So yo, yeah. kiss my ass, DC, don't do it. Yeah, um, like I said, um, I don't mind a Joker standalone movie, but a Joker standalone origin movie, nah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, okay. not cool with that. But you know what? I'll I'll keep a fairly open mind, because um, like I said, uh, uh, it's a although st- I do like the kid who plays Jerome in Gotham. From what I see, mm. like he kind of nails the Joker. Oh, okay, right. it's supposed to hint as the Joker, even though this I guess they're not really saying he is. Yeah, but it's like if you look at the kid, you're like, damn, yo, he's fucking nailing it. Mm. All right, so yeah, so yeah, we'll we'll just uh, wait and see uh, what the what DC has with this down the pike. Uh, next headline here. Uh, Gotham City Sirens, the movie, is still in development, uh, contrary to rumors, other rumors. Uh, despite rumors of cancellation, uh, Warner Brothers is, is still making the Gotham City Sirens film. Uh, Margot Robbie will reprise her role as Harley Quinn, and the film is likely to follow the events of the upcoming Suicide Squad sequel and the Joker and Harley Quinn spinoff. Uh, currently, no actresses have been cast in the roles of Catwoman and Poison Ivy, who are the other two uh heroines of the Gotham City Sirens. Uh, David Ayer, who directed Suicide Squad, will be directing Gotham City Sirens, and no release date has been announced as of yet. I can't think of anybody for Catwoman, but based on looks, I would probably see Emma Stone playing Poison Ivy. Emma Stone as Poison Ivy? Yeah. Hmm. Just based on looks, mainly because of the red hair. I can see that. I like she's literally the only red-headed actress I can, who's, like, that's the first one that's popped in my head. Yeah. Uh, or um, maybe Brie Larson or Jessica Chastain. Yeah, uh, I can see Brie Larson as Catwoman as well. Or maybe like uh, uh, Catwoman. Isn't Oof. Brie Larson playing? Um... Oh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah. No, she's ours. Stay away. Ours? Oh, you mean Marvels? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll 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 see we'll see what this uh what this movie has in store uh, in the future. Um, you know if uh if. If the rest of the DCEU can maintain the quality that Wonder Woman set, then I'm I'm all for it. Um, as long as uh as long as uh it doesn't have the same tragic handling as the original Suicide Squad movie, which is absolute trash, then you know I think we'll be okay. Hot topic Avengers, yo, my cousin nailed it with that. One. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly did. Uh, also, another other uh, news on the wrestling front: uh, Asuka relinquished her NXT Women's Championship. Uh, uh, because she actually injured her collarbone during her match against Ember Moon at NXT TakeOver uh, 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 this past weekend. Uh, actually, uh, a couple weekends ago. Um, the Empress of Tomorrow, she gave up her NXT Women's Championship uh, last Wednesday at Full Sail University. Uh, that episode will air tomorrow on the network, which will end her her reign, her undefeated streak at 510 days. 
Uh, she's been Oscar has been the NXT Women's Champion since April of 2016, where she defeated Bailey. Right. Um, and also, uh, that this also means that Oscar also has the longest undefeated streak in modern WWE history, which surpasses Goldberg's build record of 173 wins in WCW. And also, she's the longest reigning singles champion of any kind in modern WWE history. Uh, Oscar will be currently out for six to eight weeks to, uh, recovering, and she'll most likely make her debut on the main roster. Please let it be SmackDown. I hope it's SmackDown because <laughs> if she's on Raw, uh, uh. man. But you know, I mean, like I said, you know, Asuka has nothing else to prove. You know, as yeah, I mean, she has she has the best streak, uh, uh, uh better than better than the Undertaker's at uh, uh, WrestleMania streak. But um, uh, I will say that if they manage to keep build keep building Asuka on the main roster as the monster, the monster among women as she is, then you know what, I am really looking forward to seeing what kind of uh, impact she'll have on SmackDown. Hopefully, SmackDown, fingers crossed. Because if she's on Raw, then, I mean, well, Vince is going to be Vince, and Vince is sometimes the worst. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. Let's move on. Here's one for you. Obi-Wan Kenobi film is on the way. Mm -hmm. Stephen Daldry, did he direct it? Directed. Directed of Billy Elliot and the Reader is in early talks to direct Star Wars anthology film. Ewan McGregor has expressed interest in returning to the role, although no actor has officially been cast yet. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna leave that up to you. You're a Star Wars geek. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my my like I said, my enthusiasm of Star Wars has kind of kind of uh, died down in the, in the past uh, past year or so. Another an Obi Wan Kenobi film. Eh, I mean that's 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 my take on You're it. You're still gonna watch it anyway. Maybe not in theaters. Hero. I'm not gonna watch the Han Solo film in theaters. I mean, Rogue One was enough. I mean, like Rogue I Rogue s- One was good though. It was really good. I enjoyed it. It's an it's an enjoyable film, but it's not essential, and it has a lot of numerous problems. And and this Obi Wan Kenobi film, I mean, really, it's like it it shows that um that the dirty little secret of Star Wars is that the universe is pretty damn limited when you're when you're focusing on just the, the vintage characters rebels versus the empire because this is what they would sell resistance they, versus they the sell. first order it sells but but then again like well but you know we got the newer characters though yeah so maybe you know after the um after the sequel trilogies is done maybe mm. you know we'll probably get a finn spinoff on a ray spinoff well, you know, I like, to, I like to see like newer characters and newer stories that don't fit into that you know strict template of you know. But Empire they could versus... also bring in new st- new characters as well. Yeah, they could. You never know. Give it a sh- give it a chance. Uh, well, you know, I'm not very eager. Like I said, I'm just waiting for episodes eight and nine just so I can get it over with. That's that's where I'm at with Star Wars. I'm sorry, like if Awol, the person who got you into Star Wars, heard you say that, he'll probably be disappointed. I mean, like I said, I'm still very much looking forward to The Last Jedi coming December 15th, but, you know... You didn't start the countdown yet. Nah. Dude, we're like four months away. I'll start the countdown if there's... I'll, I'll start it when, when we're 100 days away. I'll start, I'll start I'll start the countdown, but... Episode 7, you started that countdown like two years before. I know I did, because I was excited that we're getting a sequel trilogy. <laughs> but, you know, you know, diminishing returns, as they say, with, the, with these anthology spinoffs. That's, that's where I'm at. Well, the Secret of Mana remake is coming in 2018. 
Square Enix uh, a 3D remake. Oh, wait, Square Enix announced a 3D remake of their 1993 SNES RPG for the PS4 mm-hmm. Vita and stream on February 25th. I mean February 15th, 2018. The mm-hmm. game will feature upgraded gameplay and a newly rearranged, newly arranged musical score. Yeah. Uh, have you played Secret of Mana for the SNES? I remember. I remember it, but I don't. I didn't play it. Mm. Like I watched somebody play it, but I didn't play it. Yeah, I played a little bit of it, and you know, I, th- I thought it was fine. I haven't really got into it. Um, the one game that I did like a little bit more was Illusion of Gaia, which is pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll I'll get in. I'll get in. I'll get into this remake when it comes out. You see, think what... something like that will probably just be is like a bootleg Final Fantasy. No, um, it, it's more like an action RPG. Yeah. So it's like an adventure game. So it's not turn based. So it's kind of like. Kind of like a quasi Zelda. I see Onimusha get a reboot. Get a reboot. Yeah, I loved Onimusha. Onimusha three was the shit. I didn't play. It. The only one I played was the first one, and I was able to beat that like with one hand. Oh man, you should play part three, Demon Siege. That's the best one. So, um, oh, three new fighters announced for Injustice Two: Hellboy, Raiden, and Black Manta will be available for purchase on September twelfth as part of the game's second fighters pack. Still gotta buy Injustice because I got my ass. Like before we drive, we play some Injustice, and I got my ass beat. Yeah, but it, it's pretty much it has it uses the Mortal Kombat X engine, right? Somewhat, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like still, you know, still learning the characters and stuff. I just never bought the game. If I bought the if I had bought the game like I wanted to, I'd have been fine. Yeah, but Injustice 2 does look sweet, though. Oh, yeah, it looks a whole lot better than the first one. Yeah. And I actually learned that they're actually going to do another Mortal Kombat versus DC. Hmm, okay. All right. I heard the first one was pretty good. I had fun with it. A lot of people said it was garbage, but hmm. I had fun with it. I'll play it. I didn't buy it, but I played it. Okay, gotcha. Um. So you've got a couple more headlines here. Uh, Stranger Things, which is coming out, uh, season two is coming out October 27th on Netflix. Uh, it will actually end, uh, Stranger Things will actually end at, at season four. Uh, in, in an interview with Vulture, the show creators Matt and Ross Duffer said that their 80s-themed series will end with its fourth season and that they're not sure if they can justify bad things happening to the characters once a year, which is one of their prime reasons why they want to end the show. Which is great. Yeah. Beginning, middle, end, mm-hmm. just like how we all like it, and then just yeah, it's gonna. It can't be. I mean, Will can't get lost every year. Yeah, that's true. And it's like, how long can Barb, you know, be stuck in the upside down? That is, if she's still Barb's alive. coming back this season. I don't know. I think the creators were pretty said, pretty much said that she's dead. It's like she's a one and done character. That's the, at least that's what I heard. Well, at least she's gonna make. At least her corpse is gonna make an appearance. <laughs> zombie, zombie Barb. Possibly, she yeah. may probably turn into um one of the demons. Yeah, maybe more cosplay ideas right there. <laughs> but yeah, um, and last last uh, last headline here, pretty sad one. Uh, Toby Toby Hooper, the legendary uh, horror director of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Poltergeist, he passed away this Saturday, last Saturday, August 26th, at the age of 74. One of the influential horror filmmakers, R.I.P. Have you seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Poltergeist? Long time ago, mm. as a kid. Yeah. My dad watched like, I remember watching it with my dad, just, just watching it. Yeah. Like, no, I literally have very, very, I have, like, very faint memories of it. Mm-hmm. But I do remember the TV show, The Poltergeist. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I, I, Undertaker I, was on an episode. Oh, he was? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> nice. Like I forgot the name of the character, but he was on it. Mm. Like the original uh, Poltergeist film uh, had that kind of had that Spielberg touch to it because I think cause Spielberg was one of the producers. I enjoyed it; It was a cool film. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, I actually, I actually love because I love how messed up it is, especially that that classic uh, dinner scene. Oh boy, <laughs> so it, was, it was so rotten, so depraved, so so horrifying that <laughs> I I got a laugh out of it. Uh, to me, it was kind of like a comedy in a way. The Soul Chaser Demon. That's what we played. Oh, nice. So yeah, Toby Hooper gone, but never, but will never be forgotten. And that reminds me, I do have Texas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Blu-ray, and I will watch that pretty soon. All right. Yeah. So now, after all that, we're getting into the main event of our episode. We're talking about season seven, Game of Thrones, the finale, which is titled "The Dragon and the Wolf." So much to get into with the season finale. Ooh. So much. We let's just get to it right now. All right. Spoiler warnings. Yes, naturally, spoiler warning, if you're here for some reason and you haven't seen the season finale yet, or if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, uh, uh, if, you're, if you're not caught up in the series, please turn away now, because we're, we're going to get into some heavy-duty spoilers here. But for the rest of you, let's get into the discussion. Carl, what are some of your thoughts of the season 7 finale, The Dragon and the Wolf? I called it. What you called it? I called it. I've said it many times on this show mm-hmm. that John and Daenerys, John Snow and Daenerys, was gonna start smashing, and what happened? <sighs> I told y'all so many people are doubt, so many people are doubting me. No, that's not gonna happen. They're gonna find out that they're related. I said, watch, they're gonna fuck, and the next thing you know, boom. You know when when uh, and then the way they did it was so great because of the simple fact that they had Bran and talking to Sam, mm-hmm. talking about how they are related. Yep. And right at the same time, they're just going at it. Yeah, um, that that scene, man. Because like as soon as John, you know, approached Daenerys's door on the ship and she opened it, that's when he knew it was going to go down. But I was like, don't do it. Fight the feeling. Fight the feeling. Don't give in. And the next thing you know. Jon Snow is plowing his auntie. He he's banging his auntie. Ah, that's sick. Oh, I mean, in, in in the show, which is which has which has its fair share of incest with Cersei and Jaime, auntie and nephew banging it is not okay. No, of course not. But I was just like, I knew it was gonna happen. I was like, I Ugh. knew it. That was one of the most cringeworthy sequences I've seen on the series, man. Just because you knew that they were related, but if they weren't. Nobody will give a shit. That's his auntie, though. <laughs> no, and not and not to mention that there are a sizable chunk of fans who are of okay they with enjoy this. The game. They are okay with this, mind you. And and here's the thing, though. It's like you do realize that Daenerys was born out of incest, right? Yeah, the, the Targaryens. They're all about. Yeah. They're all about the incest. Now, do shit. you think? I heard this on a podcast on the Westerbros podcast earlier today. Do you think that they do that because they cannot like birth human children? They just keep it in blood. That that's that's plausible. That is plausible. However, um, I think it's more of like a, a royal royal blood, pretentious royal bloodline thing. Like, oh, we need to keep our bloodline pure and royal. Exactly. You know, I mean, and then then you realize, like, oh my god, like your 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 kid your kid is a grayscaled hunchback that can breathe fire. Wow, good for you. And he has silver hair. But. But I, but you know, with this, with this whole like John and Daenerys uh, development, we did, we did actually confirm 
uh, uh, the the Jon Snow's true parentage that his 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 yeah. mother and father is Rhaegar Targaryen, the prince, right? And uh, his mother is Lyanna Stark, Stark yeah. which is John was his Ned Stark's sister, which and also Jon Snow's real name is Aegon Targaryen, who his namesake is the same king who actually unified Westeros three hundred years prior to the series. So that so that that does have some significance too, because Jon Snow is the legitimate rightful, rightful heir, heir to the throne to the Iron Throne. Yeah, so so once I, you know, I had so many, I had like so many like predictions. Like I couldn't, I could not stick to just one prediction hmm. of who was going to take the rightful throne. One of them was I thought Peter Baelish was going to do it. Oh, I thought he was going, he was going to be the one to take the rightful throne because basically it's because of him. Mm-hmm. That Game of Thrones is happening. Yeah, when he, the moment he put that knife against uh, Ned Stark's throat, yeah, said that you should have known better than to trust me. That's what set the set the events in motion. Right. So it's like, and then I was like, he's and he's so smart, he's so slick that it's like he's gonna turn everybody against each other. Mm-hmm. Everybody's gonna go into war, kill each other, and then he goes, okay, well, I'm just gonna have this. I'm gonna have a seat on this very uncomfortable chair. Mm-hmm. And just claim the power and claim his power, but woo man, I will say the most sat the most satisfying death of the season. I I watched it with my friend Karina. We screamed. Oh yeah, yeah. Enjoy. Yeah, like like the whole like like up until that scene, like I like I was I was a little pissed off at Sansa. Was like, man, she is so feeling herself. Like she's really gonna commit Arya to to death, accuser of cheesing. And then Sansa's like. How do you answer these charges? Peter Baelish. I was like, wait, what? Wait, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, and Baelish, like like that, like that white guy in the blinking meme. Just like yeah, he's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the best way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. And yo, I, yo, kudos to Aiden Gillen, the actor who plays Littlefinger, because like he went through all the emotions. He went from denial to anger to straight up confusion. <laughs> like he didn't like it was all of it. Like he nailed that. Mm-hmm. And then and then Arya, who I freaking love, this she's got to be one of my favorite characters. She said, "Okay, yep, sweet." Yo, and that was sweet, sweet karma. The same way he put that knife to Ned's throat. Oh yeah, she definitely wanted to be the one. She definitely wanted to do it. Oh yeah, he was on the list. Oh yeah, and mind you, Baelish, he was when he was uh, when he got on his knees and he was crying like a punk bitch. Wow, you about to die? You cried too. Yo, as soon as he got his throat slit, I stood and I legit applauded. I was like, yes. Oh, my mouth yes. dropped. My mouth, my mouth dropped. Uh, like we screamed, but then after all, we like we had to shut up because we wanted to hear what the fuck we got. What the fuck they were saying, mm-hmm. and like literally, my mouth was just my mouth was literally on the floor. Yeah, like oh my god, that was one of the most satisfying deaths on the entire series. I'm so glad it was so worth it. I took the night off. I usually work overnights on Sundays. I took that night off of work just for Game of Thrones. Well worth. They it. even just said they even asked me, and they're like, well, "Are you taking that? That's a random Sunday night. What are you taking that for?" And I literally told my boss the season finale of Game of Thrones. Mm. I'm sure your boss was understanding. Ching. but man yo i mean Arya stark and sansa stark they're in the hall of heroes she just looked at me crazy was like you're taking a day off just for a tv show i was so proud of it i was so proud of it hey it's not it's not tv it's hbo yeah it's a listen game of thrones is life yes oh man uh what a satisfying death and um 
Oh man, another another thing, uh, another thing too, is uh, the the at the at the beginning of the episode when they had the meeting at the dragon pit. Um, the uh, man, there's a lot of lot, a lot of things to talk about there. Where one thing I loved about that scene is that that was the first time like we saw a lot of people in scenes together. Yeah, like after a I while. Never, I don't think I can remember seeing Jon Snow and Cersei in a scene together. That's right. They haven't been actually. I don't think. Like um and like you saw like a whole bunch of people re- re- reunited over there like for example you saw um Sandor the Hound Clegane reunite with Brienne brother. oh I can't oh God Clegane Bowl it's coming Clegane Bowl is coming for season eight man place your bets and I think that you know with with with, with the I'm, Hound, a, I'm placing my bet right now mm-hmm. the Hound is gonna win mm-hmm. but he's gonna die winning I think so too yeah I have I have my thoughts exactly he will beat him when he kills him. He will be, he will die trying. Yeah, he will succeed, but he will still end up dying. Yeah, they're both going down quick because like there's a whole reason why the hound has been al- kept alive this long. Like because he's, he's been in, he's been in so many situations where he should have died. Oh but, yeah, Brianna, the fight with Brianna Tarth. Yep, yep, Brianna Tarth. The fact that he fell off a cliff. Yeah, <laughs> and he's still he's still living. Like I think that he's gonna meet his demise at the hands of his brother, but he's gonna take his brother with him. Yeah. Yeah, Clegane Bowl is coming. Um, also, um, I also like the fact that like one of my one of the moments that made me smile was where um, where the Hound you know, re- reunited with Brienne and they kind of like talked about Arya, you know, like how they kind of like I saw I saw a bunch of like Twitter mentions and memes like how they talked they re- talked about Arya like like there are two divorced parents regarding their murder baby like oh she can defend herself like oh that's my murder child yeah <laughs> yeah and. And also the moment where where the hound you know releases the white releases the 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 undead zombie the white towards running to, which runs right towards Cersei and Cersei has that look of shock legitimately, and and that's when that's when you 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 initially think that okay it's finally sunk into Cersei's mind that yo there's a bigger enemy than just you know than just Daenerys's army and her forces we have the White Walkers coming they're coming to, to invade Westeros that's to unite and you know join forces and defeat this big enemy but even still Cersei still wants to plot and scheme yeah. you know she's, she don't want nothing to do with that she's gonna be like yo let them handle it yeah and, and mind you like she said like she initially she initially says that okay you know we'll uh, we'll, we'll call a truce and we'll we'll unite our forces and and then Jon Snow you know, Jon Snow says that you know. Well, well Cersei said that the, uh, I'll 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 unite our forces on one condition. Jon Snow has to remain neutral as the King of the North. He can't take he t- he can't take Daenerys' side. He can't really take our side. He just has to remain neutral. And Jon Snow says, Nah, I can't do that because I'm loyal to Daenerys. He's the he's the. <laughs> this is bothering Brandon, and it's heavy, so he's gonna have to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um. Damn, what was I gonna say? He, he John Snow's the good guy. He's the protagonist. Mm-hmm. He's the good guy. He has to have like some type of like truth and honor in the I will say the American way, but mm-hmm. the Westeros way, you know Westeros is fucked up. Ancestoros, yeah. <laughs> But um like he ha- yeah, he's the protagonist. He has to like have some like extra good qualities in him. He's Mm-hmm. He's gonna stay truthful. Yeah, you know, because you know he he's kind of channeled his Ned Stark. You know where? Oh yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, where, and 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 Johnstone raised an excellent point where he said that you know you know if, if you know if words don't matter, then all we have is just better and better lies, you know. And even though he could have lied to Cersei, he said, yeah, okay, yeah, I agree to the terms, just to you know just to keep the forces united. Even if he agreed one hundred percent, Cersei still still would have lied. She yeah. still would have gone behind their backs. And mind you. And mind you, um, uh, Cersei's whole plan is to use the Iron Bank to recruit the uh, mercenaries, you know, uh, off the coast in the in the other continent, Essos, mm-hmm. to join to join the rest of the remaining Lannister forces. And and Jaime is trying to tell her, "Look, we have a bigger enemy. It's death itself." Yeah, and you I, see it. Yeah, it came at you. Yeah, and Cersei's still feeling herself. And oh my gosh, I thought that she was going to kill Jaime when when. When uh, when yeah, Gregor was, was standing but I'm him. like, no, Jamie's too strong of a character for him to like die now. Yeah, and the fact that she he, he's going, he's gonna go. Jamie's gonna be the one to kill Cersei. Mm, that would be so poetic. Yeah. It's gonna happen. He killed the Mad King. He did. She's starting to act like the Mad King, mm-hmm. being you know obsessed with power, well, and without the possibility of Bran getting into his head. But yeah. like, he's he sees it. Yeah. He sees it and he's like, yo, pretty soon I'm going to have to do it. Yep. Yeah. Now, I got one question. Are you tired, just like me, mm. of the Theon Great Joy redemption story again and again? I still think he's a punk bitch. Yeah, he is. But you know what? I think he's, I, th- I, I will say that with Theon, um, I mean, Especially the 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 fight with that one dude from the iron. One thing about that fight, I will have to say, I'm like that is bullshit. Whether you got balls or not, mm-hmm. somebody needs you there. Mm-hmm. It's still gonna hurt. Oh yeah, of course. And it's- he's just boom. <laughs> and he headbutts him and beats him to death. Subsequently, it would still hurt. But I did like the fact that Theon got his metaphorical nuts back in that moment. He says, "Okay, we're gonna get, we're gonna rescue Yara." And now the rest of the rest of the boys are gonna follow him. But it. It does remind me of one thing when Euron said when Euron said earlier at the Dragon Pit that you know that Yara is dead. Now I don't think that that she's actually dead, but my 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 theory about that is: what if Yara is tortured and beaten to a similar state as Reek? By the time Theon rescues her, that that physically psychologically she's not the same yeah, anymore. Right. Then you have two. That's possible. Then it's like okay, then then who's gonna you know become the new king or queen of the Ironborn of the Iron Islands? Then, so that I'm I'm kind of very curious to see what's gonna happen there. So um, okay, and another thing, um, see, I got shitty notes. So um, one thing I was hoping to see at the end of the season. Um, I cannot remember her name because she was in the books, but I heard that she was supposed to come back. Cat Melisandre was supposed to bring back Catelyn Stark, mm-hmm. and she was supposed to be Lady something. Um, uh, I think Lady Stoneheart. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was in a way. I was kind of hoping that that was going to happen. That's how that was going to be the cliffhanger mm-hmm. to um, to go into season eight. Mm. I don't think that. Uh, uh, for those who don't know, in, in the I haven't read the books, but I but I read this. Like uh, apparently, um, Catelyn uh, Stark in the books does come back as Lady Stoneheart, and she's right. like a, a avenging, like an avenging spirit or zombie Something uh, like person. That, yeah. yeah, I think that at this point in the game in the series, I think it would be rather silly to bring back Catelyn Stark as Lady Stoneheart in the show. Eh, but like, you never know; it could still work. 
I don't see where she would fit though. At this point, right now, but I mean, next season, what six episodes? We really gotta wait a, a whole year for six fucking episodes. I think two years actually. I think yeah. season eight is gonna come out in twenty nineteen most likely. But with uh, the interesting thing about uh, the eighth and final season of Game of Thrones is that even though it's six episodes, each episode is gonna be feature length. So it's gonna be it's gonna so each episode is gonna range from anywhere from like eighty to ninety minutes to two hours. So it's like we're getting six movies. I'm okay with that. I am too. I am too. And um, we're talking about Game of Thrones, Brandon. Yes. And uh, and oh my gosh. You know, the White Walkers, man. Oh, them, those motherfuckers. Yo, if anybody, if I have to choose an MVP of this season, the Night King. Yeah. The Night King, like he with his Olympic level javelin throwing skills. Yes, that's when he redeemed a dragon, and that dragon just came out more powerful than it already was. Yeah. Not redeemed, resurrected him. Yeah. Where he just straight up destroyed the wall. Well, East March, the East March chunk of the wall. That's a good portion of the wall. Oh yeah, it is. That's a good portion. Yeah. Like, I don't even think. Like, are there any even nights watch? Nights watch uh, or um, wildlings left after that? Uh, I think so. Yeah, but but their but their but their forces are like minuscule. And and mind you, like and not to mention they're all right there too, so they're pretty much dead. It's pretty much good to call them dead. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see in the season premiere of next season. I hope Tormund manages to survive. Tormund, that's the red haired guy, right? Yeah, the red haired guy. In love with, Bri- with Brienne because I want him to reunite with his bay, uh, Brienne. Um, and he smashed Brienne. He's gonna smash Brienne. Brienne gonna get hers. She deserves it. They both deserve it. Um, and also, and mind you, like the the first the first full settlement like near the wall is Winterfell, and mind you, Jon Snow and Daenerys are still a ways behind. So the White Walkers to, to see them invade Winterfell when Jon Snow is not there yet, man, I don't know. And if, they don't even have enough dragon glass. Yeah, they don't have enough dragon glass to kill them. And and mind you, like in order to in order to kill or destroy most of the whites, they have to kill one of the White Walkers. Okay, so my coworker Ferdinand says, "Hey, Carl, stop using inappropriate language. You are live, and people are watching. So the fuck what? I literally just did that just for him. He yelled at me, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you know our 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 show. uh, We we keep the language uh, keep the language free. You know, we're we're unconstrained. Many podcasts are like that." Fuck it. You'll be fucking okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, um but yeah, I was saying like 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 one of the ways to kill to like get rid of like a, a good good amount of the, the undead is if you kill an actual white walker. So you feel like it's like, like kinda like the hub. But then there's like you this uh, you have to kill like one of the head white walkers. Exactly. You, so you how do you know which one it is? Like some are some are obviously, you know, the Night King, um I know the long hair one's probably like a general or something. So I mean, yeah, but there's still like that population is like insane. It is like there's no like I really don't. <laughs> I'm being embarrassed to the black community. <laughs> <laughs> I I will. I am wondering though. Um, like is seasons? I don't think season seven will be the last we'll see of Benjen Stark. 
What if he is one of the undead? I heard something where he has something that like it's still he like he has like some type of iron glass like in his like dragon glass in his like blood or something like that. It was where I can't really like I can't really direct quote it, but I heard there's something where like the White Walkers really can't kill him. Hmm. So in somehow, some way he's gonna survive. Yeah. That brutal that ferocious brutal attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was straight up mauled and ganged. Doesn't matter if I heard it. Stop worrying about what the fuck I'm saying and actually watch Game of Thrones. Ernest and I have told you many times. Oh, he doesn't watch Game of Thrones. No, he doesn't. Ah, uh, man, you're missing out, brother. You gotta gotta get into it. You see, I mean, there's there's about two years before we'll see the final season in 2019. Oh, you got plenty of time to catch up. Yes, you can do one episode a day. Still, like, have plenty of time to catch up. Absolutely, there it is. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, so I'm wondering if we'll see Benjamin Stark again because I think because he he's been alive this long for a reason. I don't think it's just you know to 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 save Jon Snow. Yeah, at the have last a little minute. cameo appearance. Yeah, I think there's more to him than than there has to be. Yeah, because to survive beyond the wall for that long, hmm, he's he's, he's seen some shit. Yeah, um, and also too like like the biggest thing too like like we mentioned before the the whole conflict between Jon and Daenerys, which is about to which is about to you know you know bubble like cuz 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 like well cuz i don't cuz i don't see daenerys you know being willing to step aside because she's off after all the trouble she's gone through in her own personal journey you know being enslaved actually conquering the dothraki you reuniting their forces you know reuniting the unsullied she's going to die in the last she's going to die in the last episode we're going to cry you think she's going to die Anybody, listen. This Any, is Game of Thrones. Anybody can get it. Any, uh, that's true. Anybody can get it. Um, on, Ned Stark is on the cover of the first season, and what happened at the end of the first season? That's true. He he did off with his head. But like I've never watched it. I just really went back to when I was watching. I'm like, he's on the fucking cover. Yeah. He's on the cover. How can he? You know, you know, you know. Come to think of it, and this is brought up many times. Like Sean Bean dies in a lot of movies. He pretty much dies in everything. Yeah, like, like he died. He has probably died in every single thing that he that he's been in. That's true. Like Equilibrium, The Fellowship of the Ring, a bunch of others. Wow. <laughs> but but yeah, man. Um. To, but but I want to see like their. But but I want to see if Jon Snow's true parentage will be public knowledge, and what will that mean for him as being king of the North? Like, oh my God, a Targaryen's king of the North? What the fuck? What? Like, if that if that's going to cause some internal discord among their forces, and mind you, like that's probably their deadliest enemy of all. Never mind the White Walkers. That internal discord when you have the White Walkers coming at you, it's like you can't afford disunity at, at, on any level, you know. So. And, and mind you, I, I, and also I think that Jon Snow, the fact that he never wanted to be uh, uh, the King of the North, he never wanted to be Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, and he definitely doesn't want to be the, the, the heir or ruler to the Iron Throne, which makes him a prime candidate to be just that, because he's not, he's not thirsty, power thirsty. Right. And yet he's the most, he's the most uh, loyal, he's, the most, he's a character with the most integrity, which makes him the best candidate to be the Iron Throne. My prediction is that somebody holder. who we were not gonna expect is gonna take the Iron Throne. Really? Like, like who? Arya. Arya Stark. Well, well, it could happen. I mean, well, Sansa, she's older, so she would have more of a claim just She'll by probably birthright. Probably end up dying. 
Mm. No, it, it could be it, at this point to me. It just seems like it can be anybody. It it could. Um, but I, I this think... war with the White Walkers is gonna be like insane. First of all, that's just gonna be probably one of the best episodes in the history of television. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I'm I'm already saying that. So it's it's just it's just to the point where it's like anybody can get it. Oh, as a matter of fact, so, oh, shout out to Mike Rodriguez. He said um he thinks it's gonna be Tyrion now. Mm. Okay, it's possible. Now another thing that I heard in the Westeros podcast. Yeah. Do you think Tyrion turned his back on Daenerys? Because oh, if you, you remember, for... yeah, they said he she was having that conversation with um, Cersei, mm-hmm. where she could have killed him, mm-hmm. but didn't. Yep. And then it ended with with him talking about I love those children. Yeah. And then that was it. We never saw anything else after that. Mm. And then he somehow like when um. When Jon Snow and Daenerys got to cousin hunching, whatever. Uh, aunt and nephew. Yeah. Know, yeah. He, um, like, he's, star- he's staring there, like, watching something go down. Yeah, like, he had a look like, of concern on his face. Concern? or Yeah, it's just, like, something, was, something wasn't right. So, it's like, do you really think that it's, like, that, like, Cersei probably, like, switched his allegiance? You know what? That's a good, that's a really good, uh, really good point you raised because... Cause, cause we never seen like the 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 end of their his conversation right. with Cersei, and so he it's possible that he might have made some kind of deal with Cersei that might bite Daenerys in the ass, like uh, when the time comes. But he, he probably made that deal out of necessity in order to get her cooperation or, or as much of it as as he could, you know. So I think that, so I think for Tyrion, I think he might be wrestling with the fact that he might have you know, betrayed Daenerys, betrayed his, his queen, but not without, but not like, not out of malice, but, but out of necessity. Like he made a deal that's going to help them in the short term, but might, might hurt them in the long term. But he, but he doesn't know it yet. Like, like to see there, to see that whole thing unfold in, mo- in motion, like for him, he might be wrestling with that. Um, also, also the, with Cersei as well, and a lot of and a, and many fans brought this up as a possible fan theory, and, I, and I'm and I'm I'm inclined to agree. I don't think she's pregnant. I've heard that too. She's yeah. put, she's probably putting up a front. Yeah, because like because because when Tyrion said that I love those children when he talked about um uh Tommen and and Marcella, she was post placing her her hand on her belly. Right. And I I think she's playing them, playing trying to play her play, playing Tyrion and Jamie like like fiddles. I think she's so. not stupid. She's not. She is definitely. In that. She's not stupid. It's. It's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like Mike said. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't want to die. Yeah. And mind you, mind you, like like I brought up brought it up a, a couple of weeks ago. The prophecy that Cersei uh, learned from that witch when she was a teenager. Yeah. Like she was gonna have three kids. They would all die. And when Cersei will become queen, but a younger, more beautiful queen will take her place. Will you know? Will dethrone her, so Daenerys could be Daenerys, could be Sansa, could be Sansa, yeah, yeah, or Arya. Remember, Sansa spent a lot of time with R. Kelly as Littlefinger. Yeah, and I, and that's another reason why I'm glad. So he's dead. she got to, she she learned some shit. Mm-hmm. She learned a thing or two as she um as she proclaimed before she got um before Littlefinger got got. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
And God, that was amazing. I had to yeah. bring it back. <laughs> But I, I, I will say that we will see most likely, most likely we will see Littlefinger again as one of the many faces that Arya is going to put on. Oh my God. <laughs> We've really got to wait two years for this. Oh man. This is going ki- to kill me. Man. Oh man. Like, like, honestly, the second I know that it's confirmed that we get a date, I'm really going to watch. Mm-hmm. I'm really going to watch. I'm going to watch it all over again. Me too. That's um, just to like get point. Just to like get, just to like see if I get you know get some you know scenes and some points that I missed. Mm-hmm. Like I've tended to, do, I've done that with Orange Is the New Black like probably four times. Oh wow! I got new people into it. Girls I have dated, I got them into it, so I had to mm. watch it with them over and over again. Oh wow! So it's, it's a great show. Oh no, definitely yeah. it is, but it it kind of does do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe Ario. Will become Baelish, just like we just said. Yeah. Yep. The many faced god. Yeah. Um in, in Trick Cersei. Mm-hmm. And maybe Arya could be the one to kill Cersei, because who's number one on her list? Cersei Lannister. Yep. She's gonna use that many faced god to to her advantage. She will. She will. Uh, so yeah, I I can't wait, man. Uh, Game of Thrones 2019, most likely it can't come soon enough, but but at That's least too That's but too long. but you know at least um um from from the report I read on Variety, all six uh scripts for all six episodes have been written, and also uh, David Benioff and DB Weiss they've wrote the last four final episodes of the whole series, so it's just a matter of filming everything and putting everything together. Um, what about the speculation about what about the speculation about the Night King? Oh, that I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Like, there's there's a fan theory going around that Bran Stark is is the Night King, who somehow traveled back in time or forward in time and became the Night King somehow. I think that I think that fan theory is rather far fetched because I heard another fan theory too that that Bran Stark is is actually the Three Eyed Raven, like the old Three Eyed Raven that we saw in the tree, played by Max von Sydow. Yeah. So I think that's pretty far-fetched. Um, I think if Bran Stark is a Night King, that would be rather a little bit too silly, a little bit too time travely. Um and, and that like, oh, everything everything is inevitable, everything happens in a closed loop. I don't want that to be part to be part of Game of Thrones. Um although I think that if I remember correctly, uh one of one of the Stark's ancestors is Bran the Builder, who was one of the architects of the Wall, like thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a different ancestor named named Bran, not not the Bran that we know. Do you remember when the Tree Ladies changed the person? Oh yeah, there was a. You remember that scene? Uh, there was like a scene that um where Bran or Bran met the Three Eyed Raven, and in the in the cave, and he was flashback flashing back to where the Children of the Forest uh, stabbed one of the first men. Mm-hmm. The first humans, and that and that and that guy became the Night King that we see. Right. Yeah, that's that's the scene he's referring to. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I need to, I need to watch the whole season all over again. Honestly, mm-hmm. I love this show so much that I don't mm-hmm. care how much it is, mm-hmm. that when they release a whole box set, I'm gonna buy it. Oh, by all means. I mean, I did say that with Sons of Anarchy, so. I'm well, it kind of. 
Sons of Anarchy is good. I, I got to get back on that. You know, I got to get back on that. But, and also, if you do buy the Game of Thrones Blu-rays, what's really the best feature that they have on there, the special feature, is that is they have um, the, the lore and the histories. So you can actually go go back to, like, um, like, different periods of time of the show and also, like, the backstories of all the history and lore, which is yeah. really informative. Yeah, but I'd rather wait until, because I'm sure they're going to make a huge, mm. like, box set. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna come with a whole bunch of other stuff. Okay, download it from the interweb for free. Uh, sure. But this show is worth it it is worth buying. It is absolutely. And like I've been invested into this show for like the past seven years. Yeah, and I and I've been invested for the past year. <laughs> but but yeah, man. Dude, you had a cram session of that one. I did. I really did. But yeah, Game of Thrones season seven, man, the dragon and the wolf. Uh, what are you? Let's hear some more of your thoughts. Uh, Codex Prime Podcast at gmail.com. Email us, email us what you think of it, and leave us leave us your thoughts on the chat as well as like other uh, social media stuff. Well, on to question of the week. Mm. Last week's, which was our wrestling theme, was if you can bring back any wrestler from the dead, mm-hmm. who would it be? Now yeah. we actually had a very Huge response to this one. So I'm going to try to go through them as fast as possible. Okay. Uh, Bruce Lovelace says, Owen Hart, he died so early during an in-ring stunt, it would have been nice to see what he could do. Mm -hmm. Tom Robinson also said, Owen Hart, dude had great wrestling abilities and his mic skills started improving when he passed. He kind of always had those mic skills. Absolutely. Hands down. Mm -hmm. Um. Nick Quattrini said, hard to pick just one. A lot of these wrestlers were great. i probably pick Bossman. I would love to see what he could do today. Maybe he would have joined the APA, or maybe he would have won two more Royal Rumbles and W champ- and, uh, championship belt, which he did win. Um, he did win the championship belt uh, years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot. there were a lot of... All right, on Instagram... Mr. You Lost a Good One says Ultimate Warrior. Mm. Uh, Random Ramblings with Rob. We got to have him on the show, too. He's a cool dude. Okay. Uh, he says Eddie Guerrero. Yep. And um, New York Snapshot says Hawk from uh, oh, from oh. the Legion of Doom. I still call him the Road Warriors. Yeah. I literally like started stuttering just because I didn't know whether to call him Road Warriors or Legion of Doom. Nice. Um and then I posted it on our on the uh, wrestling fantasy warfare page. I just kind of have to get to it real quick. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. This is where a lot of them went. Uh, Matt Killian says this is tough. So many greats. I knew Brian Pillman and I know his family personally, so I would have to, I would pick him for personal reasons. But if I had to choose anyone else, I would choose Umaga. I was a huge fan of him and when and when he was around, or Owen or Owen because his career got short. Yep. Um, Louis Montavo says, Mr. Perfect or Rick Rude? Yes. Um, Rob Whitmore Jr. would also said, says, I would say Owen Hart because his death was BS. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray Madden God says he's not picking because he just can't, he can't pick just one. Yeah. Um, Eddie Ortiz says we are, I can, he can't also because we grew up with so many greats watching. You know, mm-hmm. watching growing up. Yep. Uh, Brian Lopez says Owen just 
just to see him see him hold the world title at least once. Absolutely. Mark Desbian says, one warrior nation, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And Damian Brown says, Eddie Guerrero. Oh. All right. So this week's question of the week, seeing that we have been talking about Game of Thrones and season seven has just finished and we only have one more season left and we have to wait two freaking years for it. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to take the Iron Throne? Uh, uh, I'm going to go with my boy, Jon Snow. Jon Snow. I'm going to go with a under, somebody who we at least expected, just driven off the prophecy scene that you mentioned earlier with Cersei. Mm-hmm. And it's got Sansa. Hmm. Sansa Stark. Okay. Okay, it does. Right. It's it's possible. Okay, so that will be up on our uh, social medias uh, soon, within a day or two. Um, you can also hit us up on um, email us at codexbrianpodcast at gmail dot com. We are also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Please leave us a five star review as well. Subscribe. Tell all your friends. Whew, hold on. He's getting gassed like McGregor. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, spread the word. Um, thank you, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll definitely catch you next week where we will be talking about Marvel's Defenders. Yes, yes, that's right. Uh, we did. I did watch all eight episodes. I did too, and I'll probably watch them again just to try, try to see if I missed anything. Okay. All right. Yep, so we'll be talking about Marvel's The Defenders next week as our main topic, as well as some other stuff. So, uh, yeah, thank you for joining us on our Game of Thrones chat. Catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.